Well, Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for a good day. This is the best day we ever had. You say, well, I don't see it. What? Change your looking. Because we look not, it's not, we don't look at things that's seen. We look at things that's not seen. And there's a host of heavens all around you, angels all around you. They're everywhere. Say, Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes to see. I'm telling you, it's, it's exciting to see what God's doing. You know, we've been talking about this as a year to sow the right kinds of seed because it's going to do a short work. You're going to sow seeds and you're going to see them come to pass. We're going to see it come to pass. And I know Sunday night, the 4th, we're going to see glory. Glory, because we expect the glory and we receive the glory and we have the glory. Because the glory is the Son of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And you are his body. And we're going to see the glory. Hallelujah. All right, we're still talking about the power of the tongue, the creative power of the tongue. You know, what makes this Christianity different from all other religions in the world? You know what it is? It's supernatural from start to finish. It's spiritual. Nothing natural about it. It's all super or spiritual, not carnal. That's what makes it different. Because Jesus, Romans, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. I just want to look at how long has it been since you've read Hebrews chapter 2? Hebrews chapter 12, I mean. Hebrews chapter 12. I wanted you to see something. All right. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great, verse 1, a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. What is the weight? Unbelief. Unbelief and doubt. Lay aside. Because you just ended Chapter 11 has all to do with unbelief. So we're laying aside all unbelief in the sin that does easily set, beset us. And we're running with patience to race is set before. What kind? What is patience? Cheerful endurance in the Greek. Cheerful. Cheerful endurance. Not just endurance. Looking into Jesus. Say into. The author and the finisher of faith. Not just ours is in italics. He's the author and the finisher of faith. If you got it, you got it from him. Amen? Amen. He is the author, but he didn't author it. Also, he finished it. He finished it. All right, and that's what he's doing. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Considered him that endured such contradictions of sinners lest ye, against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your mind. You've not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. How much blood have we lost? It ain't that hard over here, is it? A lot of people can't say that. And you've forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. Receives. If you endure the chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is it whom the Father chastens not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers. How many is partakers? All says, uh, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we've had fathers after our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For verily, they for a few days chastened us, our fathers, after their own pleasure. But God chastens us, what? For our good. You see that? For our profit. And he says that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous, 
Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields what? The peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that are exercised therein. Did you catch that? Exercised thereby. Wherefore? All right. Lift up your hands which hang down and feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed. What's the word? Let. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. That's a big word, let. If you've got problems that you're dealing with in your life and it's problems trying to always pulling you back thinking what you shouldn't be thinking with self-pity and rejection and all that junk, let it be healed. Let it go. See, he took care of that so you don't have to live there anymore. Let it go. And that's what he's saying here. Let it be healed. Okay. But let it rather be healed. That's a big word. If you don't have that word let marked, you ought to mark it. Because you know what? It's in your power to let it go or keep it. Amen. And God will let you keep it if you want to keep it. But he'll let it go if you'll let it go. And he says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest what? Any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. A root of bitterness can come in if you don't let it be healed. See, one of the things I, I, I see is God is raising up some people that's not going to get offended over every little thing that happens in their life. You're not going to get offended and ask God, well, why, God, is this going on? I don't think a Christian has any right to be asking God why this is happening. He don't mind you saying why if you want to understand something. But you have no business in a hard situation crying out, God, why are you doing this to me? That's dangerous. Don't do it. You don't need to know why. Because we know that if something's going on in our life and he's shining the light on it, he's doing it for our good. Because God is good how much of the time? All the time. Even if we're going through hard times, he's using that hard time to make us better. Amen? That we're partakers of his suffering. And so we need some Christians that's willing to stand up in the fire. Remember the way you just sing it, stand up. I need you to stand in the fire. Don't be moved. Don't fall. We're not of those that draw back, Hebrews chapter 10, but those that believe to the saving of the soul. We're not drawing back, are we? No. All right. Okay, here we go. Lest there be... Now, let me read this 15 again. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring in it trouble you, and thereby many defile. Let, says, lest there be a fornicator, a profane person for Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. And you know, afterward, when he had received the reward, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Repentance is not just being sorry for something. Repentance is a change of heart, a change of mind. Think different, act different. He found no place of repentance, though he sought it diligently with with tears. Because repentance is a gift of God. God gives you to the acknowledging of the truth. When you acknowledge the truth, God will give you a change of heart, a change of mind. See, that's exchanged, is what we call that around here. But he couldn't find it, though he sought it diligently with tears. Okay, 
I'm just going to miss all that in the middle because that's not who we are. And he says, verse 22, But you've come into Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Say living God. Heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable couple of angels in a general, uh, the general assembly of the church, firstborn which is in heaven, and to God, the judge of all the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new what? Covenant of the blood sprinkling that sprinkles of better things than Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn from him that speaks from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now hath he promised, saying, Yet once more. Now listen, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. There's a whole lot of shaking. It's shaking all the way to Washington. And the shaking's not started, not finished. He said he's going to what? He's going to shake everything that can be shaken, so that 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 cannot be shaken may remain. And he says, Yet, verse 27, this is the word signifying a removing of those things that are being shaken, that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we are receiving a kingdom. Say, we have a kingdom. Which cannot be moved. I need you to stand in your kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, For our God is a consuming fire. This is a day to be excited about what's going on. The swamps are being drained. Amen? God's grace and his judgment has come. And you know what the Bible says? If his judgment first started at the house, what shall be the end of those that are ungodly? See, he's preparing his church now. He's getting us ready for the big event. Amen? Because he wants our whole spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless. Be preserved blameless. You know, in Hebrews chapter 3, he says here, and I'm talking about your confession of your faith. Verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Are we partakers of the heavenly calling? Yes, we are. Consider the apostle and high priest of your confession or profession, Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him as old Moses was also faithful. He's the high priest of your what? Confession. You know, Jesus said, I only say and I only speak what the Father tells me to say and what the Father tells me to speak. That's all I say. I was telling the coffee shop the other day, how many times Jesus said, I have many things I would like to say to you Pharisees, many things, but I can't because I can only say what he tells me to say and I can only speak what he tells me to speak. Now, he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So there's some things with a high, he's a high priest of what we confess. So I think that means we need to be a little more careful with what we say and what we speak. Creative powers in the word. Death and life's in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall do what? Shall eat the fruit thereof. Either way, be careful what you say. Proverbs 6 2 says, You're snared by the words of your mouth. The King James said, you've been taken captive by the words of your mouth. Amen? So we see death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the what? The fruit thereof. So we see that he's the high priest of our confession. 
And you know, when you see that, you, you see the power of what he's trying to say there. You know, he's given us power and authority. I was thinking the, this verse come into my mind yesterday in the coffee shop. Uh, let me turn over here. It's, I think it's Job twenty two twenty eight. 28. Uh, see, there's more power in your tongue than you realize. You know, this little Chinese lady we watched, she wasn't going to give up saying in Jesus' name, eyes be opened until they opened. And guess what? They opened. And see, that's the tenacity you, you got to have there. <clears throat> okay. Job twenty two twenty eight says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. You shall what? You think it's time for us to decree a few things? You will decree a thing, and it will be established unto you. And he says, And the light shall shine upon your ways. I mean, I think you need to be every day decreeing things and expect the light to shine on your path of what you just spoke. And he says, When men are cast down, thou shalt say, Lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. Now, <clears throat> how hard is it, Rod, to pull up the Amplified in that verse? Is it hard? I want you to see this verse. There you go. In verse 30. Verse 30 is what I want. He will even deliver the one for whom you intercede, intercessors, Amen. who is not innocent. Who is what? Not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. And he will deliver those that are not innocent through the innocence of your hands. Now, don't shout me down. Are you the body of Christ? Now, behold, Acts chapter 4, their threatenings. And grant to your servants that with all boldness we may stretch forth your hands to heal that signs and wonders will be done in the name of the Holy Child Christ. You're the body of Christ, that we may stretch forth whose hands? Your hands to heal. See, you're the body. When your hands, how much cleaner can your hands be if it's the hands of Christ? When you stretch forth your hand, you're stretching forth his hand to heal. We need to start expecting to see things happen. You've got to start speaking things. You shall decree a thing, and it will be established unto you. Decree it. And he will even deliver the one for whom you intercede who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. You say, that sounds like heresy. No, it ain't. Jesus said in John chapter 20, he says, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins, you remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins, you retain, they're retained. In his name. First John, I think about first five. I don't know what's that, Rod. If you see a brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, you shall ask life for that sin not unto death, and it will be granted. If you see a brother sinning, you can have the power to rebuke that or, or take that sin away from your brother where he realizes it or not. You have authority in this world. You have authority. And we got to start realizing that we're not here in this world. You know why he's waiting, hadn't come back already? Because he's given us the power and authority over every bit of this mess. And he sat down expecting until all his enemies be made his footstool. Who's he looking to to do something different? The church. 
He's coming back after a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That can't happen until you understand the exchange. Okay? But now that we're exchanged, we're here to make a difference in where we are. In uh, your life, where you go. Everywhere you go, he wants you to make a difference. You just got to start by thinking and speaking different and acting different. You with me? Isaiah chapter 3, verse 8, it says that Jerusalem is ruined and Judah has fallen because their tongue and their actions were against the Lord. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Let no what? Corrupt communication proceed out of your Foolish jesting. Now, it doesn't mean he wants you to be serious all the time, but you've got to realize that what? Isaiah 57, about uh, verse, well, I'm not sure about the verse. He says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to them that are far off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord, I will heal him. I create the fruit of the lips. Proverbs 4, verse 20, my son, attend unto my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find my words and health to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flows the rivers of life, issues of life, wellsprings of life, out of that new heart. See, be filled continually. And it says, be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Amen? That's who we're to be. You can't be moved by what you see or you don't see. What you see doesn't matter. It's what you don't see that matters. We don't even look at the things that's seen. We look at the things that's not seen. Because the things that are not seen are eternal. That's what we look at. We're in a whole new realm, saints. We've got to start seeing in a whole new realm. Don't be discouraged by what you see or you don't see. What does any of that have to do with eternity? Not a thing. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm excited. You know, I've heard of the Lord going by, and he picked up this one little boy. He's at Bethel in the school at Bethel. And God would just go by and pick him up every once in a while in class and take him to China and take him to different places. And he, one day he left the, uh, the classroom, went with him. He went to China and preached over there and had a good time. And he brought him back during the same class period. His body was still in the class period, but he was gone. And he got a letter back from China about two or three weeks thanking him for coming over and preaching to him. Let me say something. God says, is there anything too hard for me? See, that, that ought to be the normal Christian life. If you want to go somewhere, you ought to be able to just go in the spirit. The devil's been doing it for years. What do they call that? We worked with the girl that did that all the time. Trans something. No, it's a different. I don't know. But she'd go to California and see her mother, and she'd travel around in the witchcraft. She's a witch. The devil's a, what's he, a copier. So that tells me there's the real deal. If the devil's copying it, that means there's the real thing for Christians. 
This lady came over to our house one night, and Jenna was washing dishes. In the spirit. In the spirit. I was, I was going in the spirit. She had been ministering to this lady. And Jenna was washing dishes, and she knew this girl was behind her. Well, and, the Holy Spirit told me. Yeah. I, I turned around. And, and realized she was there. And, and you, I pointed my finger at her, and I said, I command you to go. And in Jesus' said, name. <laughs> <laughs> then you called her the next day, and yeah. you chewed her out and said, don't you do that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, see, this stuff goes on. It's just a copy. But it's sucking people in because it's supernatural. Hey, you're supernatural from start to finish. How much more should we be in the spiritual realm than the natural realm? You know, that's why God created us to to believe him and get excited. You know, all creation is waiting for us to get get on the same page. So that it will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. All right, okay, here we are. First Chronicles 6, 8 through 9. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. How are we going to make known his deeds? We call that preaching the good gospel of grace. The good news of the gospel, of, make his deeds made known unto the people. <clears throat> Give thanks, sing unto the Lord. Sing psalms to him, talk ye of all his wonderful works. Talk of all, what did we just do just there? What were we doing? Talking of his wonderful works that he's done. And he delights to do more for us, and we need to talk of it. And and he talked to Paul. He said, Paul, I have appointed you. I've called you to be a preacher and a teacher of the things that you've seen and the things I'm going to show you that I'm going to do. See, God's not through showing you what he wants to do. Jesus never did one thing apart from what he saw the Father doing. And he wants to show you greater things that he wants to do so you'll get in on what he's doing. Because we're living in union with him, aren't we? Amen. Whew. Psalm 66, verse 16 says, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Oh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. What are you supposed to do? Say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed. Man, good stuff. Psalms 107, verse 2. Psalms 50, verse 22 and 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Now let me say that again. Now listen. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders his speech aright will I show the salvation of God. The conversation is the path of the journey. It's what you speak. See, where you walk is what you're speaking. See, you speak it, you walk it. Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. Every day gets a little better. Hallelujah. You know, we see that 1 Corinthians 4.13 Paul saying, we having the same spirit of faith. What kind of spirit of faith? Did we get a different spirit of faith than he did? No. He says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. 
Let me say it again. We have the same spirit of faith, according it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. What do we speak? We speak what we believe. We call those things that are not as though they were. Amen? Because we're children of Abraham. Not being weak in faith, considered not his own body weak in faith, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's who our father is. In the, that's who our seed. We're children of Abraham. Okay? I will say, Psalms 91. Now, I was sitting in the coffee shop Thursday about 11 o'clock. Yeah, because I didn't have much time. And I remembered John G. Lake making a statement. So I opened this book, and it fell right to what I was looking for. And he says this. For 25 years, God has kept me so that sickness nor the devil were able to touch me from the day that I saw in the 91st Psalms a man's privilege of entering into union with God. Did you catch that? Not only for healing, but for health. And having God and the life of God in every fiber of my being. From the day that I saw that. You know, we have Psalms 91 up here. But as I sat in there, I was thinking about it. And the thought came to me, we need a Psalms for living. Psalms 91, a new man's confession. If Psalms 91 was that powerful so that Smith, that, that uh, John G. Lake got a hold of it, and from that day on he was never sick another day for 25 years but walked in total health because of Psalms 91. Now in Matthew chapter 4, the devil says, he quoted Psalms 91. He says, when he said, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down. For it is written, he will give his angels charge concerning you. And in their hand, they will bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. How come the devil knew so much about that Psalms? Because he knew it worked. I'm telling you. So I sat there and I redid this Psalms 91 from the new man's confession. This is the new man's confession. He that is dwelling in union in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say or confess of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I trust. Surely He has delivered me from the snare of the fowler and from all diseases. I'm covered with His feathers and under His wings I safely trust. His truth and faithfulness are my sword, my sword and my shield. I am not afraid of the terror at night nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the disease that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that destroys at noonday. Listen, a thousand might fall at my side or 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Do you see the person making it personal? Only with my eyes will I behold and see the reward of the wicked because I'm union with the most, I'm in union with the most high. He is my refuge, my habitation. For he has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my what well, I missed one. Okay. In all our ways. There can no evil get close to me, neither shall any sickness come near me nor my house. Catch it? 
His angels will lift me up in their hands so that I don't stumble or fall. I have power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. I have set my love upon him. Therefore, he says, he will deliver me. He will set me on high. He will seat me together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus with him. If I need help with him, for him, he's in union with me. He will deliver me from all evil and he'll share his glory with me. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his full salvation. That's your confession. There's a copy back there if you'd like to have one. Pick it up when you leave. That's what you need to confess every day. If it worked for John G. Lake, it'll work for you. It'll work for all of us. We make it personal. Because God said he has what? Given his angels charge concerning us in all our ways. You gotta start. You know, we saw a vision one time. The angels is all sitting around bored because nobody's using them. They're wanting somebody. God said, Are they not ministering spirits sent to minister for them that shall be heirs of salvation? Why is angels here to minister for us? We need to be doing something that we need their help to help us with. They would like to be busy. Huh? Amen. They want to minister for you. So anyhow, get you a copy. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it somewhere where you can read it and, and confess it every day. It's not just for you. It's for you and your household. All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness shall they all be established. And this covenant he said I've made with you shall not depart from your mouth, nor out of the mouth of my seed, nor out of the mouth of my seed, seed, from henceforth for, and forever, saith the Lord. Isaiah 54, the last verse. That's your promise. But you've got to confess it. Isaiah 54 also says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall declare. What's the word, Jerry? Declare it what? Wrong. You've got to declare it wrong. So every tongue that's talked against all of us, we declare it all wrong. And we say the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. That's what we confess. Jesus said what? You have the power to bless and curse not. He said don't curse. Bless and curse not. Love your enemies. Pray for them that despisefully use you. Bless and curse not. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall do what? Eat the fruit thereof. Remember, confession means to say what he said. Jesus said, he came to the, and he said, the words that I speak, you speak. Thy word have I hid in your heart. God has given us a new heart, and he's put his word in our heart. We need to speak Remember Romans chapter 10? It says, with the mouth, man, says with the mouth we confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, what is that? I, I, I know this one. It says, with the heart man believeth into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be Delivered, says in Joel. Whosoever call. 
All right, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, then you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. First with the mouth, then with the heart. Next, then it says, with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. First place, mouth, then heart. Second place, heart, then mouth. You see how the mouth and heart's tied together? One doesn't work without the other. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The mouth what? Speaketh. Speak it. Speak his word. That's why it's so important why you allow you put his word in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Ooh. There it is right there. Why didn't I read it? Okay. I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your what? Soul prospers. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. He wants you to have a prosperous journey, but it can't come from the old soul that's full of rejection, full of bitterness, resentment, full of competition, full of all this mess. It only can come out of that new heart. And when you're walking in the exchange heart, you can expect what? That you be full and have a prosperous journey. What does a prosperous journey mean? Cadillacs and all that? Oh, no. It means that your journey will be good. You're going to have a good journey. And when, amen? Because the blessing of the Lord, it does make us rich and adds no sorrow to it. Richness can be a problem without the Spirit of God in you. All right, I guess that's good enough. I'm still not through with this subject. It's so important. You know why it's so important? Because you're being bombarded with everything negative that you can be in the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. So whenever your tongue rises against you in judgment, you just say, not so. Just break its power through your confession. All right, stand. If you want one of these, they're back there. And I'm convinced enough it works that you really, really, really need to start personally confessing that every day over you and your family. Amen? Well, the Lord has blessed you, and the Lord has caused his face to shine upon you and his graces to you. And he has lifted up his countenance upon you and given you his peace in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Be blessed. And bless and curse not.